Educators Amplified, the podcast. Educators Amplified, Educators Amplified, where we amplify educators' voice, amplify students' experience, amplify well-being, amplify hope, amplify what's really going on in our public schools, amplify solutions to restore the education profession, amplify new possibilities. I'm Joanna. And I'm Hallie. We see you. We hear you. We are you. Educators Amplified, the podcast. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back. So right. I always say that. So right. Let's get right into it. I have been thinking a lot about leadership lately. Mm -hmm. And we mention it, I think, in all of our things where we talk about, like, this is one of the issues. So honestly, when you think about schools, it's natural for people to think students, teachers, principals. It's like what makes up a school or Mm -hmm. it's in that kind of just conditioned thought, that automatic, whatever. And the concept of leadership and what it looks like really has an impact on what students are experiencing and what teachers experience. And right now, oh man, you can read anywhere and everywhere. Daily, now there's tons of articles about like staff shortages in schools. Yes. And like NPR is on the scene now, you know, like trying to do like real balanced approach in talking about the school closures right now where some are saying we have to close because we don't have the staff. Some are closing because they're saying our staff is burnt out and they need some additional time. But still, it's kind of reported out as like, this is a new phenomenon. And I think you and I feel like, mm, mm, no, mm, right. What you think was going to happen or when did you now you oh, something? Oh, this is a direct correlation to Act 10, at least in Wisconsin. When people were at the Capitol saying we cannot have this happen, it was people knew. Like if we drastically change the way that we operate in education, this is what's going to happen. Right. You're going to have a teacher shortage. Right. Teachers are like, I didn't go into education to be told what to do. Right. But it is national, too. Correct. You know, so it's just like the deprofessionalization has been systematic and yes. has occurred Correct. nationwide. Uh, but when you look at surveys and the information, the research, they'll say there's really two main reasons that teachers leave the profession. One is pay, and two is leadership or administration. Mm-hmm. And so when we look at things legislatively or when candidates are running, you know, here in Wisconsin, everyone will talk about teacher pay to some extent. Yeah. Nobody touches leadership. Yes. Nobody says, like, we've got to really look at how our schools are operating. Yep. We've got to look at what our teachers experiencing organizationally, managerially. Nobody touches it. Okay. So we'll touch it. Right. <laughs> And sounded much worse. And because it's a thing. It's a thing. Oh yeah. And not and I ain't even trying to be a hater. I'm just like it reminds me of what my friend Tim used to say. Tim Slacker out there about the pencils. Mm-hmm. Um shout out. Of you're not defining the problem correctly. And so if you're not gonna define the problem correctly, you certainly can't have real solutions. Yeah. So we really have to examine the issue of leadership 
And it is one of our critical issues related to the experience of teachers and what's happening in schools. And when we talk about that, again, we're going to talk about it structurally, Mm -hmm. you know, and just say that very simply, if we have like this hierarchy, you know, where there's less people at the top with greater concentrations of power, Mm -hmm. what they do really matters. Mm -hmm. We got to talk about that. Yeah. So one aspect We've talked about it very briefly in our first episode about my experience with administrators. And maybe I need to make this explicit that the reason I decided to share that was not to be like, oh, poor me, but more of like, that is my specific experience and many others experience of people with their leadership of like, it isn't a space of support. It isn't a place of advancing or elevating the teacher or profession. It's really from that top down. I hold all the knowledge. I hold all the good. I hold all the whatever as the administrator, and I need to put it onto you. It's structural. It really mirrors, I always say, kind of just like a basic manager underling position. So first I'm going to go like big picture. So what I see happening is there is a concerted effort, an organized, truly organized way of dismantling public education. It's happening nationally. And so what that looks like is changing things up federally. Federally, what is required of children? We have things like No Child Left Behind. We have things like Race to the Top, where it really increased the amount that we standardize and test children. Okay, so we have this overarching thing happening in order to quote unquote prove that schools are successful, when really it's actually to try to quote unquote, prove that schools are unsuccessful so that you can dismantle it. So Word on that. (laughs) Right. So I know this larger thing is happening, okay, all in the name of, quote unquote, helping children to be successful. Then on top of that, they've added report cards. So these report cards saying that, like, you're the best school or, you know, or you're the worst school, whatever. So when you have things like standardized testing and report cards put into a school system, I can really see from a leadership perspective, that's what they think they need to prioritize because that's what's being looked at is like the gold standard. So that's the perspective, I believe, of people in higher administration. Like they're just thinking about standardization, making sure test scores are up, making sure report cards are good. Not really looking at, though, that these things are actually in place to do the opposite. So then if that's their priority and then they have to go into a school building and talk with teachers, talk with students or talk about what their curriculum is going to be, literally it doesn't work. Because you have teachers who are like, what you're telling me to do, when you're telling me to standardize, when you're telling me to follow a pacing guide, and there's all these crazy words, like, teach to the edges, I heard the other day, meaning like, teach to the kids who are on the edge. I was like, what are you talking about? We have all these little things, like, just teach to the middle, teach to the, in the middle of the bell curve, because then that'll help the kids that aren't quite there get up because they're exposed to higher level curriculum. But then it will also help the kids who are higher up to be able to teach others who aren't where they are. You know, it's all these crazy mumbo jumbo ways of trying to convince you why standardization is what's best for children. And teachers continue to say, it's not working. It doesn't work. 
And then students are saying it too, but they don't literally say like, excuse me, teacher, like (laughs) standardization is not working for me. We're seeing the acting out, the stamina is low, the fragility. So I see this bigger system thing going on of a difference of priority that's contributing to the mismatch of leadership and educators. Well, and especially right now, then super highlighted, we're, you know, two years into the pandemic and we still have all these measures that we're Mm -hmm. supposed to be adhering to. And literally at this moment, there are no tests that are valid. Mm -hmm. There are no tests that could realistically be valid Mm -hmm. right now. Mm -hmm. But we're still going ahead with them. Mm -hmm. Or like you said, our leaders feel like this is still the thing that Mm -hmm. has to be reported on because the alternative isn't here. I think they're incredibly pressured too. Because they're pressured, because this is what, quote unquote, schools are supposed to be, and quote unquote, we want to go back to normal, they're like, this is what we've always done. So let's just plow ahead and do it this way. And what I'm seeing is it does make me think about, I was talking with a fourth grade teacher who it was right before conferences, and she was just saying, she's like, oh my gosh, what am I going to talk about with parents? These fourth graders have not been in school since second grade, like on a consistent basis. And so really, like, am I just going to be like, your child's not meeting fourth grade standards or your child is not doing what or where they're supposed to be? And I was like, okay, why is that the rhetoric? Right. Well, part of it is because the message didn't come through that like, hey, y'all, everything is different. Mm -hmm. We trust your professional judgment. Mm -hmm. Keep in mind that the kids haven't been to school for two years. Mm -hmm. Here are going to be our new focuses. Here, you know, or mm-hmm. not even new because they're not new, but mm-hmm. in this situation. Here's what we should focus on. We should really just be focusing on adjustment, transition, physical, social, emotional mm-hmm. issues. So we had a really great conversation, though, about how, you know, let's talk about what kids are doing. They are now in a setting where they can socialize with other kids their age. They are coming to school. I was like, just talk about what they are doing right. instead of what's lacking. Right. The idea of learning loss versus learning found. Yeah. Like, what are we finding? Mm-hmm. And again, this is why we're teachers. Like, mm-hmm. so I'm not, although it's hard, like it's thrown me for a loop too. I'm not like, oh crap, I got to figure out what the kids need now. <laughs> it's like, no, this is what I do. It's it's interesting to be like, aha, mm-hmm. this is where we're at. So to me, depending on how it was presented, mm-hmm. it could be energizing to be like, hey, y'all, we're in this opportunity to really define, shape, look at things that really matter with excitement. Like you can use your teacherist of teachery skills right now to be like, what are you noticing and what do you think? should be done. Mm -hmm. But man, is it sad though, Hallie, Mm -hmm. to see everybody reaching back or looking back. So that's the other part is that with this purposeful deprofessionalization dismantling, we're not in a position where we're accustomed to just Mm -hmm. looking for the strengths and helping one another. You know, so you and I are like, let us figure it out. But I know that's not all of our colleagues. Yeah. Or because I think everyone's in a space of stress, too, that they are like, holy cow. Again, it's back to what I was thinking of, like, everyone wants to race back to school to bring everything back to quote unquote normal. And I guess we're just experiencing that, like, 
I don't know what normal is anymore. Like school as we know it does need to shape shift. It, it does. And like we're just seeing the storm right now yeah. and experiencing it. And so then I think when you're experiencing the storm and it brings incredible stress and what I see missing from the conversation with people is we're talking about what's not working as opposed to developmentally what do children need from a trauma lens what do children need. We're not talking about that at all because the storyline is led by leadership. The storyline is led by their boxes they have to check based on tests, based on the report card. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So leaders, if you're listening, please reach out to Educators Amplified (laughs) and let us know. No, we want to talk to people because I do want to more deeply understand your pressures or I want to understand how many administrators that I do know, like sidebar are like, right, we know this is crazy and it doesn't work, but this is what we have to do. Like, what do we have to do? How do we unite? How do we unify mm-hmm. to really shift this? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I think in. everyone's going to be a lot happier. I do view us doing this podcast is like sounding the alarm. And so maybe some people listening are like, damn, these chicks are extreme. But I'm like, no. Like, <laughs> we're sounding the alarm because the alarm needs to go mm-hmm. off. What does the alarm sound like for you? Is it like, <laughs> wah, 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 wah. Mine sounds more like, F this shit. <laughs> <laughs> what does the alarm sound like? No, I just, what, right. The alarm to me is like having these conversations. The alarm to me sounds like education is in crisis. We are in major crisis mode, that the system is broken. That's the isness of this situation. If we want children who grow up to be adults, who are kind, civically engaged, critical thinkers, creative problem solvers, help restore basically our humanity, then the place to help cultivate that is in our schools. But what is being done in our schools is the exact opposite. We are in a toxic system that perpetuates fear, compliance, and complacency. Girl, girl, that was in my head too. Mm-hmm. The whole fear and compliance. Yes. Fear and compliance. Like that's what drives. That's what guides. It's why things will, you know, if something's moving, it's fear-based. Yeah. If something's getting done, it's because of compliance. Mm-hmm. And so the opposite of that is hope, abundance, unity, consent, love. Right. I knew that there was a lot of fear. Like, I'll even say, like, oh, my gosh, my work environment is very toxic. But so teachers, educators, yes. Yes. people who know educators, we're here to, one, offer this platform. And then, two, I always use the phrase, stay with yourself. Stay with yourself and trust that what you intuitively feel and think about is okay to say. Yes. And that the only way we can really get to where we need to go with structural change, meaningful solutions, 
is if you're going to speak as who you really are and what you really think as a person and a professional. We got to quit. You know my term, what I'll say. They play in school. Mm. Quit playing school. Mm-hmm. And I'm talking old school. You know, whereas because <laughs> it's playing school, old school, where you like sit and listen and comply and comply and remember and repeat back. Yeah. We got to quit playing school and we got to get real. Right. And I get it. You know, like I understand the fear. I understand just trying to survive in the system. I so get it. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that's just going to continue to perpetuate exactly where we are like it's the whole like if you do the same thing you've always done you're going to get the same thing you've always gotten Mm -hmm. my hope is that educators will start opening up or open up to the idea of really reflecting and really thinking about what has my experience been like sharing that and connecting back to why am I teaching in the first place this is not why people went into education to be in fear to be in a toxic work environment. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, we can do it. I thought it was interesting too. I feel like it's fitting. I read this on Instagram. It said, why I prefer using the term exploitation over burnout. Mm. Burnout makes it about worker feelings. Exploitation draws our attention to employer practices and policies which require structural solutions. Right. Yeah. So I'm like, we keep hearing like teacher burnout. And even I use the word burnout in our teaser episode. Like we see you leaving the profession and you're burned out. Yeah. I would maybe change that now too. And we see you leaving the profession because you've you've, been exploited. Yes. Right. Well, yes, it shifts it from the individual. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, and that is the whole problem with burnout. Right. And saying it that way, it's like you have a deficit as an individual. Mm-hmm. You can't handle these circumstances. Mm-hmm. Instead of this view of if it's exploitive, it's not designed for someone to withstand and certainly not for them to operate and be their best. Let's talk about that a little bit, like the the aspects that are exploitive. You know, we would be looking at smaller class sizes. Oh, yes. For sure. Oh, And that is just a thing. Sorry, research proves it. 12 to 18 is ideal. And I know a couple years ago when I would say that, there was some whatever. You can find, I guess, research to say whatever else. But do you remember a couple years ago when they were really spouting off like class size doesn't matter? The quality of the curriculum and crap like that. It's like, no, it does. Right. It, It does. So class size matters. Right now, a huge issue with the subbing is... I don't think families are aware that when there's no sub in an elementary school, often the classes are doubled up. Yep. So that's instead of 24 kids, that's 48 mm-hmm. to one adult. There ain't no three feet of distance going happening in there. No. Well, and then even just thinking about 48 like second graders. Right. Like what learning baby, is possibly who, happening? Right. How I was going to say, who would babysit 48 kids? Much less... <laughs> Teach them, you know, be responsible for teaching. Mm -hmm. So class sizes are an issue. I think the lack of prep time is exploitive. And that's what you're seeing in these articles where the the teachers are saying things like the workload is more intense. The students do need more because of the lack of socialization, the lack of attention, just the personal aspects. And so the professional work of 
planning and organizing lessons and activities, assessing work, meeting with colleagues, is all happening well beyond the school day. Yeah. And so that's exploitive. When teachers are subbing, supervising, filling in wherever else, I think that's exploitive. I also think about, would you say it's this way too, like teachers who get disciplined, right, for like not being on the pacing guide or questioning a decision that an administrator makes. It's more or less like using your professional judgment is not okay. Right. Yep. Like literally people are being reprimanded for speaking their professionalism. Mm -hmm. I think about exploitation related to secretaries taking on, I mean, just listening to some of the secretaries I'm friends with, a district might be like, oh, in order to solve the subbing issue, we'll purchase this new subbing program. And so then the secretary has to take on figuring out the new program. Plus, Mm -hmm. you know, there are no subs, you know, like completely took out like the human side of like, no, the secretary was handling the subbing situation before, but you got marketed to district. So then you bought this program that said it was going to make things quote unquote better. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. just adding more work, Mm -hmm. like all the added responsibilities that frankly are too much. Right. But very simply, I think it has to do with the hours, the demands of the job, and then the lack of control over mm-hmm. your individual circumstances. Well said. And I think something we're asking people to think about and question is when we think about schools, and I earlier defined it as like kind of what comes to mind right away is like students, teachers, principals, whose priorities and problems really get addressed? Whose priorities and problems are even brought forward? Whose priorities and problems are defined by themselves? Mm -hmm. Those are some things to think about. I think about, right, we're going bigger picture because there may be things that can be done within the classroom, which I believe right now teachers are trying to piecemeal like what they can do, like as best as they can, given the current circumstances. But really, we're talking about taking a serious look at how the system of education operates, who we're serving, and why we do the things we do. So we had our Educators Amplified the Podcast launch party. Mm -hmm. Oh, how did you feel? Oh, good. It did feel so nice just to connect. And it really was just like a fun night out to me. Needed. Yes. Needed. I needed that. Right. Good energy to come together and connect. So we did a couple things. Mm -hmm. We had invited people from all over our area of the state, which is Region 7, but we encourage people wherever they're at. Kind of the equivalent of Southeast Wisconsin. Right. And that was something that I'd never experienced that I thought was really neat, that it was like a get together through your teachers association, but from locals all from districts all over Southeast Wisconsin. You know, usually when I do like events, it's more just like with teachers from my school district. Oh, right. We had representation from all kinds of locals. We had Shorewood was there, Greendale was there, Elmbrook was there, Cudahy, South Milwaukee, Franklin, Oak Creek. I hope I'm not missing anybody. And then we also had a lot of um, just friends and supporters 
We had um, some of our Uniserve directors were out. We had a school board member uh, came out. And then we had um, State Senator Chris Larson um, stop by. And that was really exciting. You know, Senator Larson has currently put forward a bill to restore collective bargaining for um, public employees in the state of Wisconsin. Yeah. So I thought it was really neat to talk with people from North Shore to South Shore and West, you know. Um, And so that felt really energizing to me. And then also really just connecting with people from different districts. And to me, maybe this sounds sad, but I'm like, it's the same everywhere. Right. Right. (laughs) I was like, okay, just so you know, North Shore, you sound the exact same as South Shore. (laughs) Right. Well, and that's the importance of getting together. So thank goodness we do have such an awesome union and such Mm -hmm. an awesome way to connect and do things Mm -hmm. like that. So that's cool to hear the whole like, okay, you liked it because Mm -hmm. it brought us together in a way that we're normally not brought together. And it was very much mingle. Yes. Which I liked. Oh, yeah, because we get too much, like, structured stuff. Yeah. So when we're planning something, we're like, just come and hang and be yourself. Right. You know, and so even when I was thinking about this, I'm like, do I have some kind of program? You know, and then I was like, no, I'm not going there to perform. And people don't want to be performed, too. Right. So it just felt good to just mingle and talk. And so the purpose was to celebrate recertification Mm -hmm. here in the state of Wisconsin, which I think we got the totals from WEAC in general, Mm -hmm. which is 97% of all locals were successful in their recertification bid. That is amazing. Mm -hmm. Um, And right, we heard of places that had things like 88% of eligible employees participating with a 100% Mm -hmm. approval rating. So like, hello, are people enjoying being part of their uh, union? Yes, they are. I think so. So we were celebrating that. And then we were also launching Mm -hmm. Educators Amplified, the podcast. And so I took the opportunity to kind of go around and chat with people Mm -hmm. and say, like, what is something you think should be amplified? Or how do you feel in this moment? And so super exciting to share some of those tidbits Mm -hmm. with you. What do you think needs to be amplified in this moment? Teachers' voices at the table need to be amplified. Teachers are working very hard to ensure that students have a good place to learn and a good place to develop and grow. So what's really important for people to understand is that support staff are integral in how education works. Without us, the teachers aren't able to do what they need to do because we don't have the support in the classroom, in the office, on the bus, in the food service, all the places where we're custodial cleaning. None of that happens and the spaces that we're working in aren't really what they need to be. So we're integral to that and without us, the education of our students just does not happen. I think we we just need more in in terms of support in the community. Right now, we're talking about some of our board members exercising some pretty extreme political beliefs and teachers not feeling supported in the classroom. Right now, there's no systematic way for teachers to be involved in things that we should be involved in. Uh, Teaching is almost an impossible task right now 
we are all things to all students who have many different needs. Uh, parents are struggling, students are struggling, and we are in the trenches by ourselves because our administrators have no idea what our jobs are. So if you missed us at Third Space recently, we'll be out here again. Educators Amplified will be out here doing another event for people to come out and participate. In the meantime, you can participate online. You can go on our Instagram page at Educators Amplified, or you can email us. And again, really, anybody can email us. You know, that's a question I've been getting a ton. Like, is your target audience only teachers? And I'm like, well, I mean, it's educators and I do think it's valuable to hear from supporters of public education. So anybody, email us. Our email account is educatorsamplified at gmail.com. Thank you to our sponsor, WEA Academy. And thanks to Josh at Silver City Studios. Yeah.